hello, Alice. It's so nice to be back. Isn't it? It's For season two of Show Us Your Bit. I mean, when we decided to do this at the pub, I had no idea it was going to be this much fun. I know, it's been brilliant. And it's honestly, so many wonderful people that we've got lined up. Oh, you're on your phone there. Oh, we've got a quote in, haven't oh. we? Oh, come on. This is so exciting. Very exciting. So it says, Desert Island Discs meets the Antiques Roadshow with a touch of ab fab. I think that's spot on. I absolutely I think, love that. I think and it wasn't my mum's quote. It wasn't your mum. Oh, bless you. Uh, that's really exciting. Well, it's nice that people are giving us some feedback from the podcast. And we, I mean, it's because it's so much fun to do. And today we've got a brilliant guest. Oh, my God, you're going to love cash this. In the attic with this yeah, one. so this is not Antiques Roadshow or I've had this is proper cash in the attic. This is a tremendous story uh, from Joe Osborne, who will be on shortly. But attics are great. Uh, a great big looming thing in my mind because my sister and I have been clearing out our parents' house um, and trying to get it ready for tenants this week. It has been, oh, Alice, it's been so exhausting and so emotionally exhausting because they lived there for 50 years. It's where we grew up, where they had their prime, where they... You know, had the just every 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 single tiny yeah. nook and cranny has a, a story, but also they never threw anything out. So they've got every wallet, every clock, every oh computer, God. every printer, every literally everything. They never threw anything away, um, and so they've got lots of valuable stuff mixed up with lots not so valuable stuff, not so valuable stuff. Anyway, we had the auctioneer round. I mean tell you we're in the wrong business because they really know this so this these they went round and they went through the attic and took some things away um in their giant van so they took the doll's house my old doll's house an old trunk they've taken all sorts of pictures and odd bits and bobs an old sewing machine and now i'm thinking oh what oh my sister and i are like oh no we need to get everything back because i can't bear that it's all gone but it's it's been a very very hot is it going to be going to an auction it's going to be going to an auction. And do you get to go to the auction? <laughs> do you know what will happen? I know what will happen. We'll go to the auction. And you'll we'll buy it. We'll <laughs> buy it back. I bet you we do. But yeah, it's been very, it's been very hard. Um, and actually, we have rented the house without the attic because the attic is so overwhelming that um, we still have got lots of stuff in the attic, including all of my old exercise books from... I've kept all mine as well. You? I don't know what I think I'm going to do with them. But now I'm a bit worried because I've got three kids and... I've kept a lot of their stuff. Have you and kept I'm, theirs, I was going to say. Yeah, and I've come back to my house and I'm feeling slightly overwhelmed by the amount of stuff in my house and the stuff in my attic. And I'm just thinking, I really need to sort this stuff out. So I'm feeling a bit like, okay, I've really got a giant sort out to do. But but then it's the it's all the, the stuff that makes still, a home and, yeah. a memory. And you're, you know, we're down in the basement recording this of your beautiful house. And, and there's loads, And there's a hoarder. And there's lots of lovely stuff. But it's lovely having stuff around. But like also I think house. that I, I used to vi- revisit my exercise books and I was really impressed with some of the stories I wrote and I was impressed with my handwriting. My handwriting looked better then than it does now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think it's nice to kind of revisit those bits. But I do think maybe not everything. I didn't need to keep my Spanish book, or my French books because I was rubbish at French. But what do you do French. about like Little... My maths books don't need to stay because that I was know. embarrassing. I know, it might do. But what do you do about little projects that your parent, your, your children have done? Do you keep one book? Do you keep? I mean, it's because it's difficult. I've got lots and lots of memorabilia, mm. and and my instinct. I've got is... Sainsbury's bags in the Sainsbury's, in the loft yeah. full of. I, well, this is the thing. We've got Sainsbury's, but we've got Sainsbury's bags in our parents' loft full of of that stuff of yeah. ours, and it's it's exhausting. It's not really like you're using it to its best. No, it's so. really hard to. But there is cash in that attic um, and I just want to just uh, mention because one of the things that I found in my parents house is an enormous amount of royal memorabilia so my mum was a great one for the uh, for a royal mug 
We've got everyone. We've oh. got Charles and Diana. We've got uh, Same here. we've got the, all the Queen. I mean, we all love the Queen, but we've got all of her Jubilee stuff, nineteen seventy seven Jubilee, legendary. Um, and uh, and I've seen that you've got this lovely I Prince used, of I, Wales. I used necklace. to wear like this when locket. I was a child. A locket. It's the biggest clump of metal I've ever and seen. It's quite it's and quite it fabulous. Says, the eighties. What's it say on the back? It, it, it says, I wish I could see, it says on their wedding, yeah, wedding of Her Royal Highness Charles, Prince of Wales, to Lady Diana Spencer, 20-something of July 1981. Yeah, well, we've so got mugs, we've got mugs, we've got commemorative plates, we've got the whole memorability, memorabilia up in the attic. And I tell you, there is cash in that, as our next guest, the lovely Joe Osborne, will be telling us... Uh, very shortly. So shall we get her on? You can hear this brilliant story. Let's get her on. Joanne Osborne, welcome to Show Us Your Bits. Thank you, Jo. So excited Thank to have you. Jo, so lovely to have you here. Um, you are such an inspiration to us because you've done so many things in your very big, illustrious career. I came to you uh, when we moved into the same street. Um, and one of the things that's most impressed me is your dog show that you do for the Brighton Festival. Um, tell us a bit about that, because you are, if it's if it's not rude to say, you are what I would like to call dog obsessed. <laughs> I am. That's absolutely true. Well, particularly Bedlington Whippet Lurcher obsessed. But yes, uh-huh. all dogs, but specifically that type, which is what I've always had. I'm now on my third um, and the dog show evolved out of, um, well, Sally and I, have, Sally Muir and I have run a business since 1979 together, and she is also dog obsessed and actually started, went and studied to be an artist in about 2000, and um, she's a particular dog artist, and I started making, we also started writing knitting books together, which were all about dogs. So we did 50 oh, different dog breeds in knitted form in two books and then cats and wild animals followed. So we did 10 That's knitting amazing. books together. And could people learn Yeah, they how were to pattern books. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were pattern books. So so they were how-to books, but done in a very nice way. And the dog ones did particularly well. You so were you on Martha your own Stewart in, in America, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, live. Oh! <laughs> live with oh, an audience of about 100 dog lovers, all with their dogs, all dressed up in tuxedos and, you know, kind of ball gowns. <laughs> and things. It was very surreal. Um, but um, so, so that was, so that's kind of how the dogs evolved. And then I started making ceramic dogs. Then I decided living in Brighton, the open houses is such a big part of Brighton in May during the festival. And I thought, well, I'd like to do an open house, but I don't want to just do it like everybody else does it. I'm going to be really specific. So it's only dog art, and it's about 200 pieces of dog <laughs> art in various forms, lots of different mediums. And I, I mean, only do it every other year because it is such hard work. And I, I literally imagine. empty the ground floor of my house. So it turns into a proper gallery. And Orlando oh. cooks incredible cakes and serves them in your beautiful kitchen. <laughs> Are they dog biscuits? Yeah. And there's dog, homemade, homemade, homemade dog biscuits. biscuits. But you have, like, I've got a beautiful wire collie. I've had, I've had a picture of Ziggy with a professional photographer done with a bunch of flowers which is hilarious it's on our mantelpiece um and Can we get a copy of that so that we can yeah, show loads and loads of different listeners. loads of different type of dog things it's, it's hugely successful it's i'm annoyed that you haven't won 
the best of the I, open houses. I'm sorry. I, I'm gutted. <laughs> Runner-up <laughs> runner three times. I must stop entering it. I just should ignore it completely. You should be winning and it. And everyone's then. incredibly apologetic to me. You should have won, you should have won, but I don't win. Um, which I think is partly because it's only every other year. But that aside, it... Um, we, it's I mean, amazing. we get people from all over the world coming. Yeah, we have somebody from do. Chile. Wow. Yeah, yeah. who'd arranged her holiday yeah. around coming to the dog show. And people who fly... We had somebody last time who flew in from Belfast that morning. She spent about three hours there, bought a print, and then went back to the airport and flew back to Belfast. You had a shop in London. So well, okay. talk us through from Shall I start, start right at, at the start? Please start okay. back in 1979. Okay. 1979. I'd started a knitting business on my own, and I knew Sally's brother... And he said, you must meet my sister because she also has a knitting machine because we used to work on these domestic knitting machines. And she came around that one evening and the next day she left her job at Hatcher's and we set up a business together. Wow. I mean, and that I think is, is, is how our partnership has been so enduring because we weren't friends to begin with. We became incredibly close friends through our business. I can imagine. So... We didn't have any preconceived ideas about how each other was. Or but one wanted to take a leap of faith, yes. right? So did you, well, I mean, did you... You know, we were really young. We were in our early 20s. And, you know, you just did things spontaneously then. You yeah, know, particularly what, then, not so much now. People are much more careful about their careers. Yeah. And we just took off. So, so what did we you, did yeah. was we designed six jumpers, including the famous sheep jumper, um, so you bought. So you were making jumpers, and you were selling them in your shop. In... No, we didn't. Have, we by then we only had, we had a market stall, right? And the Telegraph wrote a really good piece about us in the colour supplement, and somebody took pity on us, and it said we were working in my bedroom, and offered us a little shop in Wandsworth, which was just brilliant, and it was like a very cheap. On a main road, constant traffic jam, not really a shopping street, but it meant people were sitting outside our shop looking at it in the traffic jam. And we spray painted, pull over and buy one on it. That's and they did. <laughs> that <laughs> wonderful. Fabulous. And then did you have dog jumpers as well? Not just, they weren't all just sheep jumpers. No, they were lots of different animal jumpers, but they were all that sort of repeating style of pattern because of the limitations of the machine. And then we, well, then we had our great big break. I mean... And the great big break, break was... What a break. Tell us. Well, okay, the big break was one morning, Sunday morning, I went off to buy the Sunday papers and there on the front page was Diana wearing our jumper. <gasps> I had no idea. We you had, had no, no idea? No idea she had it. But because we had this small business, and actually by then we'd moved into bigger premises that we'd done quite well and we bought new... We actually bought a sort of two-up, two-down house with a shop front which was our premises, business premises. So that's where this all happened, in fact, again in Wandsworth. Do you know how she ended up with the jump? Well, we sort of have kind of worked it out because we had a small business and we sold to a very small market, so kind of women, really. So it was a very small demographic and we worked out that it was probably the mother of one of her page boys at the wedding. So she was given it before the wedding and she wore it for the first time at a polo match before the wedding when she was a very... Black um, sheep. Well, no, she wasn't then. She mm. wasn't. That's not what she was. She was, in fact, quite an ingenue, you know, very nervous. All the photographs of her yeah. wearing it, she looks very shy, uncomfortable. You know, she's, she's, you know, very much finding her feet. And I think she wore it because she just thought it was fun. And I think she had a good sense of humour. 
What what was the effect? Did well, you... the effect was slow burn because it's not like now when it would be slapped over social media yeah. instantly and everyone knew whose it was. It wasn't like that. We had to. We knew we had something great, but we didn't know what to do with it. Um, and then the press started to find us, but it took several weeks to kind of pe- for people to start to kind of realize who we were. And then we had lots of publicity and it was all kind of razzmatazz and lots of sales and it was all going really well. Wow. And that kind of thing. <laughs> something like that. And did you ever see Lady Diana? Did you ever? No. No? no so no, never. No, no, no never. We did get other people from the royal family after that, but not her. No, in person. Amazing. And then we got a letter from Buckingham Palace. So tell us at about this. this. Stage, <laughs> can, I, can I just rudely interrupt? But at this stage, were you still hand making all the jumpers were you still using they were they were all on domestic knitting machines knitted by women us and also other women in south london we had about five knitters but they could knit about five a week yeah Yeah. and then we would hand sew on all the eyes over a hundred eyes a hundred sheep on those jumpers and each evening sally and i would sew on french knot eyes on each sheep Wow. I mean, it was a labour. It, it really was a labour of love. It really was. Anyhow, then then we got a letter from Buckingham Palace saying that Diana had damaged her jumper and could we either replace it or repair it. I mean, we were where was it? Where moment. was it? Where was it damaged? It was on the sleeve. So interestingly, since this is a jewellery podcast, <laughs> we always reckon that it was her engagement ring. That yeah, ripped the jumper. Some, some, because in fact it had very long floats carrying between, between the sheep. The red would carry behind the sheep, and then the white would carry back in the background, behind the background kind of. So it did have these long floats, like in a fair isle. But she didn't just damage them. She actually nicked the cuff as well that had come off. She must have just ripped it off, and her big jewelry must have just snagged it wow yeah so you so, get this letter so the jury both for the success our success yes in absolutely a, in a weird way that's a good way of coming around <laughs> back around to the jury isn't it it's a bit woman's are frankly yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so, talk about a good link <laughs> very well what? done then though um do you make a new jumper or send it or send well we we thought we'll have to make a new one i mean we, we just had to because of who she was but if you hadn't made a new one you wouldn't have the, the old the story one. the old one, one. so no. i mean that's no but it was not done on purpose except for you know considering who You're she was customer well, service and, yeah. and also it was really quite badly damaged so we thought we must replace it and i do remember repairing hers i do remember doing that and thinking that's all right then we got a thank you letter and it was all fine. And then she wore the second one again two years later in a much more knowing way with a white shirt and a little black oh, tie thing yeah. with yes. big sunglasses on and tight white jeans. And she looked really as though she knew what she was doing. And I think at that moment, she might have been saying, black sheep, hey, I'm the maverick. I'm going to stand out from this royal family. Exactly. Yeah. So, wow. So first outing, not, but second outing, Possibly. I mean, it's all I mean, speculation. It's such an iconic piece. But it's, so, it's, so, so that was kind of a long time because that's early eighties, right? Yeah, that's so, eighty three. So then the shop continues and the business okay, so, continues, and, and then, then and then we slightly sort of detached ourselves from the sheep because we were known of these kind of jolly jumpers, witty knits, and things, and we wanted to become be taken more seriously. So we changed our name from Warm and Wonderful. 
people used to always say, so which one is which? So we thought we were, we'd go for our surnames, Mira and Osborne. Um, we started doing hand knits and we started showing New York. But, you used to then, but yeah. then you used to do lots of amazing cashmere, didn't you? And Then well, so the, when then it... we moved on. We, we So we did hand knitted, complicated hand knitted. It, it, it was in the era of a sort of big baggy, multicoloured pattern jumper then. Yeah, so we yes. did a lot of that and we were major exponents of that style. And meanwhile, we were also doing the sheep jumper very quietly and selling it just through tourist shops and things. Yeah, and this is and all before s- the internet and everything. Yeah. So yeah. it must have been, yeah. you know, it was yeah. proper kind of, yeah. cat- like you say, catalogues and yeah. shows. Yeah, and- exactly. But we showed in New York until 2010. So for a long, oh, wow. long time. I mean, we used to go there twice a year for years and years. But then, just before COVID, so that was what, 2020, early 2020. I was approached out of the blue by this guy called Jack Carlson, who runs a rather groovy, enterprising label called Rowing Blazers in New York. He does kind of um, off-kilter preppy wear, rugby shirts, but in interesting colours, that sort of thing. And he wanted to do a women's wear collection based around Lady Diana, and he wanted to recreate the Sheep Jumper and franchise it from us. And, you know, we have been approached before and people have copied the Sheep Jumper endlessly from Chloe down to Top Man. It's just everywhere. I was actually going to ask you about copycats. I I mean, it's everywhere. And we used to get upset, but actually we just forgot it. And just sort of... That's what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He, but he was, he's a really clever guy and he was the cox of American rowing crew and went to Princeton and did a PhD in anthropology at Oxford. So really head firmly screwed on and he thought the only way to make it unique was to do it in conjunction with us so that it became a sort of the real thing rather than just a copy um so we said great so that's what we that's what we've done and i mean he he launched it at the beginning of covid just before the crown came out and thinking there very good thinking although he wasn't really thinking about that but it was happy a lot of this is all an astounding succession of good luck good luck it really has been from one thing to the next i mean he sold out he sold 600 on the first day just sold out immediately (gasps) wow i mean he sold the whole run went wow and then he knew he had something i mean it was he said it was it's like us 40 years previously he was on fire and he, um, yeah, I mean, he's just sold thousands and thousands. And of then you had because then you've got a pop up shop, pop up yeah, shop. Yeah, and then the crown happened. happened. And then the crown happened. Well, and a then... friend of mine worked on the crown, and she um, introduced me to the costume department, and so we gave them one of our jumpers to use on the crown and old one, which you know immediately sold blows over the weekend when it turned I up bet, on the crown, yeah. even though it was for literally half a second. And they had to move the black sheep up here because she was sitting down. So they've kind of photoshopped it up here. But, you know, it yeah. was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And then he decided to recreate our original shop in Covent Garden as a pop-up. It's amazing. And you even had your old photographs yeah. on the wall. Yeah, it was like a shrine. Incredible. It yes. was amazing. I've got, an, I've got a picture of me in a hat with my sheep jumper. Because I walked down the road when all this was happening. And I saw a sample of it hanging on Joe's door in her window and I knocked on the door and went I want that 
jumper now. <laughs> and um, so I got, I was one of the very lucky very few, first few people. ladies you were, I who, got, who got the, um, the sheet jumper, which I've worn. And everybody stops me when I wear it. I bet goes, they Is do. that yeah. the it, sheet jumper? It, it is that iconic actually, jumper. It is the sheet it jumper. It really is amazing. And I always tell the story. Um, and I went to the pop-up shop and took a great picture in a hat with my thing underneath the picture of Princess Diana. And it had sheet wallpaper, everything. It was it, absolutely wonderful. He had it all printed. I mean, he, it was an amazing thing. Absolutely amazing. It was just for two months over Christmas. And yes. then, and then, and then, and then, and then the then. really, really big, <laughs> the cash in the attic, bit, the cash in the attic. The cash in the, and then, I the, mean, honestly, then when how I talk about, about it, it sounds insane, doesn't yeah, but, it? Earlier on this year, in about February this year, I was up in the attic of our house looking for an old pattern. Somebody wanted an old jumper recreated amongst 2,000 poorly filed graph paper patterns. I mean, absolute chaos. And I just saw this box in the corner of the attic and thought, What's in there? And I have been up in the attic quite a lot over the last few years because of Jack wanting old designs, see old, you know, see if I've got any old sheep jumpers and things. Just have not looked in it. And there was this rolled up sheep jumper with, rather importantly, a cotton bedspread, which is what had saved it from being completely destroyed by, destroyed by mouths. I mean, it would yeah. have just disintegrated had it not yeah. been with cotton. Yeah. I thought, what's this? Why is this here? And then I just kind of, oh my God, maybe it's, can it be the real one? And I looked at the cuff and I just knew. I mean, I just knew it was the real one. And did you have the letter? Yeah, I had both the letters. So So we had the letters anyway. And then you found the jumper. And then I found the jumper. So who did you call? Well, I phoned Sally immediately. And she went, oh God, that's amazing. I mean, we, again, didn't quite know what to do about it. Exactly. But then it kind Imagine of dawned on me. Imagine if you just left it there and kind of done nothing. Well, I know. I could have done. But I also, people have asked where the original sheep jumper is because we were outed in 2020 about having, there were two jumpers. Nobody had noticed they were different, but they are different. They're yeah. quite obviously different. So it took 40 years for that to happen. <laughs> 40 years for that to happen. By then it was fine. We just kind of owned up. Oh Yeah, then I then I thought, well, I have to call Jack because he's he, he knows what to do about this. He's always interested he said, well, you know, what do you want? Do you want to sell it? Well, yeah, I think I do. Because this thing that was just an old jumper in a box suddenly became a really significant part of royal fashion history. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was, and it was suddenly, it was a huge responsibility. Yes. (laughs) You know, I didn't, I didn't particularly want to have it. I didn't want to look after it. So we um, contacted Sotheby's in New York because we thought, well, although it's, it's an English thing. New York is a place for that sort Diana of yeah. sort of memorabilia. And they just sold a dress in January, Victor Edelstein dress, very successfully. So we thought they're the place to go to. So Ooh. we contacted them. And you I heard and that you were that they said it might be worth fifty thousand. Well the estimate was fifty to eighty. Yeah. But they do the estimate on previously sold things sort of a similar type. And the only thing they had was a Diana's Virgin Airways sweatshirt. Yeah. Which, frankly, is not, not, fa- not, not the quite same. the same, is no, it? No. So you are now yeah. back in the UK yeah. and the auction goes live yeah. and everybody can watch it. And you're watching it at home with yeah. Sally or with Orlando? Um, yeah, I had Sally with me, Orlando, a, a sort of about six friends over, and I baked a black sheep cake, <laughs> chocolate finger legs. And, <laughs> Wonderful. And we had champagne. So up until about 15 minutes before the auction finished, 
it was standing at $190,000, which it had been all day. So there's a lot of, well, that's really good, really good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, positive thinking. Yep, yep, that's great. That's great. Muslim thinking, mm, oh, would have been nice, but oh, okay. Yeah. All right, no, it's good. It's really good. It was a, something in the attic, and now it's worth that. That's great. That's brilliant. And then the last 15 minutes, it went completely crazy. And online, they keep, it's, it's not like eBay where you have a cutoff time. You do have a cutoff time, but if there are people in the room, so to speak, still bidding, they just keep it running. So it just kept going and going. And what and was going the final, final? $900,000, which is quite a lot. So it went up $700,000 in 15 minutes. <gasps> That's yeah, incredible. it was. We we were screaming and screaming every every bit. We'd scream. Oh <laughs> my god! And imagine. then what happened? And then did it go up any more after that? That was it. That was it. So okay. it sold for. Well, they say it sold for over hundred, uh, over a million dollars. They do say that because yeah. that includes the twenty five percent buyers fee. fee. Oh, okay. okay. So, so these yeah. parts, so, the, so the so the Sotheby's mm. site said one point one four yeah, million. Yeah, yeah. But it was actually but that's just like... including this twenty five percent. Oh my god! But that person's had to pay though. What? So yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah. so there. So it is ultimately one point four. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And what did you do at this point? Did you and Sally were you in total shock because we were just actually really in shock. Really well, you must have been, but also oh, super God. happy. I mean, like, what a super happy, but what a I legacy. mean, it was completely surreal. It yeah, was surreal. I mean, I mean, this is a, you know, it was a, it's a good design. It's an amazing design. It's a very design. kind of it's charming. It's very charming, but it's iconic because Diana wore it. What I love is that you're a maker and it was genuine. It was authentic. It was like you were making British made goods and you got picked up by the right person and it kind of excelled you into stardom, you know, and it's just incredible that you walk away with nine hundred thousand pounds yeah. for something that you obviously yeah. put in so yeah. much work and effort for so many years. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, we've never earned a lot of money doing it, but suddenly, you it's know, it's just, like a pension. Yeah, it suddenly happened. Oh, I'm <laughs> desperate to hear about your jewelry because my that jewelry, is also my jewelry. Why have we got you here in the first place? You my my bling is. I up. tell you, my bling is so unbling. It really is. It's the most understated jewelry. So the one so, necklace that I'm looking at that's absolutely beautiful mm, is the ring on this, the chain. Okay. So this is what? This is um, a diamond eternity ring, which was my mother's. She she was a very um, sort of big boned woman, very big boned woman. And this actually falls, well, it used to fall off my thumb. I mean, it's that that too big for me. I can see it. Is. Yeah, it, it is. is. It's a very yeah. large ring, very large Perfect ring. Perfect on my finger. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <sure>. <laughs> <laughs> ah. so, so that's why I wear it around my neck, rather nervously, which is why I've got a reinforced gold chain here, because, I mean, if it fell off, I'd be absolutely devastated. And I do take it off for swimming, but otherwise I wear it all the time. It's lovely, because it's got, it, it is, other, can I just look up? Yeah. So the diamonds the whole way round. All the way round. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, she was an artist, um, went to the Slade. She was very understated, quite an understated, quite um, reserved, sort of very hilarious, but very self-contained woman. And she had very little jewellery, but what she had was a very high quality. Because you've got a, mm. her engagement ring. I have. A diamond I engagement have, ring on your middle which finger. Which is beautiful. massive. Which is a big, big diamond, absolutely. And likewise, I wear that all the time. And then I also, she also had a very large aquamarine with beautiful baguette diamonds on either side. And I've just given that to my new daughter-in-law. Because I think jewellery is, is, a, is a sort of sign of love. 
And talk us through the the, um, the necklace that you've bought with us in the in the box because this is a very beautiful. Oh yeah, this this is a, this very, is a very very sweet thing. It's made by my friend um, Romilly Sumara Smith, who's a jeweller in the East End of London, and she um, did a small kind of diffusion range, and she gave me this with a friend of hers. This is um, silver. Beautiful. It's a chain. With it's lots a chain of... with lots and lots of little. Um, Sort of little loops and little bits kind of and little pieces. Kind of little tiny soldered bits. Yeah, and tiny bits It's almost like a tangle, but it's... But it's a tangle a with lots of black diamond, but that doesn't cut off, I'm afraid. But, um, it's really delicate. And she, she is a remarkable woman who has had MS for, I think, about 20 years. But it seems to have sta stabilised in the last 10 years. And she has several collaborators who realise her ideas. And that... That has really kept her going throughout her illness. Oh. I mean, she says that herself. And um, so I'm, I'm very sort of attached to this. It's very, I mean, it's, it's not really, valuable, yeah. but it's very, very valuable, emotionally valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And, so, and finally, I really want to ask mm -hmm. you about this necklace that you're wearing, Joe, with because it's, it's the blue, the blue one. one. Oh, the blue you've one. Got, got a blue is necklace. That aquamarine? That you're this, is, this is um, aquamarine. It was given to me by Orlando. Now, there's a, my husband. There's a shop in Brighton, you probably know, BP Jewellery. It's, it's, it's quite an experience, actually, just going there. It really is. Slightly Adam's family in fear. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's a lot of performance. So somebody touches it. It's a bit like going to a smart restaurant where someone rings the food out and then somebody serves it onto the table. And, and it's they've a got bit like gloves that. on. And, yeah. got it, yeah. and there's a lot of velvet cushion work and hand sanitizer and things going on. <laughs> you know, But it's, I mean, and they all look at fabulous. And yeah, you must go just look at it. And a lot of my jewellery has come from there. The theme of this series mm. is being bold. And obviously you've done lots of bold things in your very amazing career. But have you got any advice for our listeners or for us about about what it means to you to be bold? What it means to be bold? Don't think too much about what you're doing. Otherwise you'll stop. Yeah, that's good advice, yeah. <laughs> that is good advice. Yeah, just do it. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Don't miss the opportunities. And that's mm. the thing. Just say yes as well. Just say yes. Mm. So what's next for mm. you, Joe? Are you gonna um are you gonna do more jumpers or is that sort of Jumpers is for me it's pretty much over. I have a tiny presence on the web and I do get the odd order and I do get things made, but very few. Um and I'm doing a big event made which is in Islington in November. So I'm building oh, up towards that. Oh, that's the design centre, isn't it's it? It's not actually. It's at a new place called The Block, I think. Oh, okay. But it's near the Crafts Council um, in on on that road. I can't remember. It's so cool. can, <laughs> so, so can, people can find you at Maid with your beautiful yeah. story. Does. I have to which say, is just November. around the corner from my shop that's on Camden Passage. Oh, really? You've got a shop there? Yes. Yeah, so ah, because Camden okay. Passage is my favourite area of okay. London. Okay, oh, it's, it's really like, nice. Yeah, it's it? just, it really feels nice. really independent yes. and it kind of matches yes. the North Lane. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. And hopefully more sheep stuff in some way. More Not sheep quite stuff. Sure how. I think, well, you know. It seems to just never stop. I'd love to make a sheep necklace if you ever want. Keeps on giving. Yeah, well, there we are. Necklace. I think it would be wonderful. So. Well, Jane, thank you ever so much for coming on the podcast and showing us your bits. And if people do want to see you on on social media, they can find you. What's your Instagram? I've got several. Which one is the like? I've got Muran Osborne, which is more sheep 
Sheep based. related. Yeah. Yep. And then I've got the dog show Brighton, which is dog related. Thank you ever so much. Honestly, it's oh, been and such Warm and Wonderful an too hasn't. So has Warm and Wonderful one. still has going a, as it's. Well, it's, it's sort of it a separate entity. Find thank out you ever so much. Thing. And thank so you for bringing What an exciting story. Talk about cash in the attic, eh? Yes. Honestly, every single person in this series is so inspirational. I'm so excited to be doing this. I know, isn't it great? Well, listen, I'm going to be definitely wearing my sheep jumper this weekend. I'm off up yomping up mountains, walking our memories for our Lobular Breast Cancer Charity this weekend. So I'll be wearing my sheep jumper. That's amazing. How can I support you? Uh, Well, you can sponsor me if you go to Just Giving. Um, and look up Josie Lloyd LBC UK, which is Lobby of Breast Cancer UK, of which I am the patron. So, and then you can sponsor me. Um, anything. So, are you leaving more... straight after this? Yeah, leaving straight after this. And I'm off up to Edale, um, and we're going to finish him MAM tour. But it's all to raise awareness and money for Lobby of Breast Cancer, which is the second most common type of breast cancer. 22 women. No, you don't. And it doesn't get picked up on scans. Can I be really naive and ask where my lobular is? You've got two types of um, lobes and ducts in your breasts. And ductal cancer is the most common and you're looking for a lump. But lobular grows in a straight line, so it's a slightly different thing. And we're trying to get it to be recognised as a separate disease because it lacks a protein of ductal. So it just... Your so breast it's not in your lymph node? No, you can, you know, it can spread to your lymph node, but basically it makes your breast change shape. So you're looking out for something with your nipple, and I had a tiny little dimple in the bottom of my breast. Did it hurt? No, that's the thing. You, you don't, don't really feel, it, feel it. But everybody, it's we are now recording this. It's October. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So just, it's very important. Girls, everybody check, everybody your, check your breasts and make sure what your normal is. So look in a mirror and just make sure you, what you... Be familiar with what your breasts look mm. like and then be aware of if any there's any change. puckering or you know, anything, anything like that. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, I shall be walking up mountains. What are you doing this weekend? I'm going to two parties. Oh, get you. One on the Friday, one on the Saturday. Oh. And on the Saturday day, I am going to sand my floor. Thank you very much for listening to Show Us Your Bits. It's great to be back. Please like, share, um, review us. And follow us on social media. And please remember to get in touch if you have any fabulous stories about your jewellery. We'd really love to hear them. And it's not even jewellery. It can just be any keepsakes or heirlooms that mean something to you. We would love to hear stories from men and women. So it's just open to anyone. So please do get in touch. Get in touch with us on social media at Show It's all about the stories. Until next time. (laughs) Ta-ra!